Together, as always, we pray, invoking the grace and the power and life of the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, we entrust ourselves to your infinite mercy. We pray, Lord, that you would make our minds and our hearts and our souls the fertile soil that you speak of in the gospel, that your word may bear great, rich, and abundant fruit in our life. Lord, illuminate these scriptures for us, convict and console our hearts. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. So, pretty easy homily, uh, pretty easy gospel, right? No biggies there, like simple things for all of us to do. And Jesus is, is not holding any punches this morning, right? And his Sermon on the Mount, Sermon on the Plain, the Lord speaks in a way for us that literally, when I, I, I say every time I read this, every time I read this, it's like, whew. Lord, this is not, like, you can't ask us to do this. <laughs> Seriously. This is not possible to do. Not one of these things, much less all of these things that you just successively <laughs> mentioned. But the truth is, is that for us to be authentic followers of Christ, that this is the path that we must walk. This is what the Lord asks of us. Having received his mercy, a gratuitous gift, a gratuitous gift that we are in turn to pour forth back the mercy and the divine life that God has given to us. And we are right in looking at this and saying, this is impossible because humanly it is absolutely impossible. So then we might ask ourselves the question, then why in the world would Jesus ask us to do something that's impossible? Is he wanting to set us up for failure? Like, is that, is that, is that the thing? Like, he's just like, yep, see, you can't jump that high. Just wanted to show you, you know? Like the mean coach in gym class, right? Like, yep, can't do it. Go home and cry. <laughs> that's not what the Lord is doing. The Lord is, is, is giving us, he's giving us this new law that he speaks of. But he's not giving us to it without giving us literally the grace and the life of the Holy Spirit to live it. That's the thing that is different. This is the key part. That when the Lord is asking us to do this, he's not leaving us alone like, hey, here's the test. Good luck. Come back when, when you think you've gotten it. But he's empowering us with the very divine life of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus says in John 15, I mean, he says something amazing. He says, as the Father loves me, so I love you, which is one of the lines in scriptures that I'm not sure I will ever really understand. As the eternal Father loves the eternal Son, that that is the love in which God has for us, a perfect love. It's, 
It's beyond comprehension for me to, to, to realize that. And it's something that Mother Teresa says that we should stop trying to figure it out and just accept the reality that it is, that the Lord does love us this way. And so as we begin to do that, then, then Jesus says something that's a little more disconcerting. He's like, love one another as I love you. Like, um, <laughs> Jesus, sometimes you just keep your mouth shut, man. You know, like, <laughs> come on. How is that possible? I mean, that's it, basically summing up what, what he says today in the Sermon on the Plain. Love one another as I love you. But again, he doesn't leave us orphan in that. He literally gives us the life of the Spirit. And so today, I just, I, we're not going to be able to walk through all of these. I want to focus on one of them and maybe the one that is most difficult for us. To forgive. To forgive. And I think it's all the more important, not just because Jesus asked us, but you know that, that prayer that he taught us to pray, the Our Father, that we pray every day? Like, how often do you pay attention to the words? Forgive us our trespasses, right? Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin or trespass against us. I'm like, don't do that, Lord. Forgive me my sins as you forgive me my sins, <laughs> all right? Not as I forgive others. But this, Jesus says elsewhere in the gospel, he says today, right? If you do not forgive, then forgiveness will not be given because we place this barrier in our own hearts to grace. We place this barrier in our own hearts to receiving God's forgiveness when we harbor unforgiveness to others. Now first... Let us understand what forgiveness is and what forgiveness is not. First off, forgiveness is not an emotion. It's not primarily an emotional feeling like, okay, I have this warm, fuzzy feeling about this person who murdered my sister. Probably not going to happen. This is like real life stuff. Siblings hurting each other, spouses hurting each other, whatever it is, right? Forgiveness is not primarily an emotion. It is an act of the will. It's an act of the will. I choose by the grace of God given to me, instead of to hold on to this, to willfully surrender this person and this situation into the merciful arms of Christ. You don't have to feel warm and fuzzy to forgive someone. It is an act of the will. Also, whoever came up with, like, forgive and forget, you should forget that, okay? <laughs> like, that's what we should forget is the line forgive and forget, okay? It's called denial. It's irresponsible many times to forgive and to forget. It's not, that's not what the Lord is asking us. Even in the catechism, what does it say? It says, it is not in our power to not feel or to forget an offense, this is the teaching of the church. It is not in our human power to not feel offended when someone hurts us. It's not in our human power to be able to forget a significant offense that, that, that came upon us. And many times it's not reasonable to do so. You think of 9-11, like we say, oh, we forgive you, and we forget that it happened. Not intelligent, right? We need to remember 
so that we can seek to prevent such things happening again and to know how to respond if they do. But we are called to forgive, to not harbor resentment, to not harbor unforgiveness, but to willfully, again, turn that over to Christ. Forgiveness doesn't mean excusing the wrong and saying it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean like, oh, it's no big deal. You know, that that doesn't bother me. That's not what forgiveness is. Again, forgiveness necessitates that I acknowledge something harmful was done to me. And to pretend like nothing happened, then you don't need to forgive anyone, right? If nothing happened, then there's no need for forgiveness. You gave me a new car, I forgive you. I mean, what is that, right? how would that happen? So it's not about pretending like it's okay and it didn't happen. It's a recognition of that. But choosing, again, I take this and I surrender it to Christ. I surrender you to Christ. My emotions might be saying, I want, I'd love to kick you in the face, drag you by your hair across the parking lot. Like we're just going to be honest, right? but I'm, I'm letting go. I'm willfully choosing not to do that. I'm willfully surrendering this to Christ. Forgiveness is also letting go of right, my right to be right. Oh, man, this one hurts, you know? Well, I mean, they did this to me, and they hurt me, and I'm right for being angry. I'm right for being this way. I'm right for harboring this. I'm right for demanding that they change before I forgive them. I distinctly remember being, and this is not that long ago, I'm in the chapel and I'm just wrestling and wrestling and wrestling with this this difficult situation. And uh, the Lord is like convicting me through the scriptures. You need to offer forgiveness. And I'm like, okay but I'm gonna tell them what they did was wrong and why it was wrong and why they should not do it again. I just felt in my heart like the Lord said, nope, not how this works. Like, no, 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 you don't don't understand. Like, I know that I need to forgive, but, but, but do you, like what they're doing is wrong. Like it's not okay. He said, yeah, yeah, I know. But in this, in this situation, in this circumstance, just offer forgiveness. Just offer forgiveness. Man, I'm like, it was, just, it was not a happy prayer time at all. And I, and, and I was like entrenched. Like, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And literally by grace, literally by grace, nothing other then God's infinite mercy, I was able to walk in and be like, hey, uh, I, I forgive you. Such and such, such and such. And the person I could tell they were like waiting, there's a butt to this. And I'm about to get it. <laughs> and, and believe me, I still <laughs> wanted to. <laughs> uh, and I was like, don't say to keep your mouth closed. And it was just silence. And the person was like, is, is that really it? Like, that's, that's really it. I can tell you it changed things. It changed things because genuine forgiveness by the grace of God, by the grace of God was given. 
Also, it's not for us to confuse forgiveness with reconciliation. Like, I can forgive someone and not be reconciled to them because they need, right, reconciliation requires that someone feels sorry and that there's repentance and there's a desire to make reparation on their part. So I can offer forgiveness and a person may continue to want to harm me or be harming me. And some, Now, if it's an abusive situation, again, like, prudence, we got to get out of that. i got to get out of that situation. But it means they may still have the same feelings towards me or desire to harm me in some way, and that, that it doesn't mean I have to reconcile. So if that's what you're thinking, like, if I forgive someone, then I have to go back to being best friends with them or whatever, that's not what the Lord is saying. The other person has the offer reparation for reconciliation to happen. But our forgiveness is just, is really interior for me, ultimately, between myself and the Lord, and turning that over to them. From the cross, Jesus forgave, right? He forgave all. He forgave all. But to be reconciled to Him is our part. Asking forgiveness and mercy from Him and choosing to come and receive it. Again, how is this possible? How can we love like this? Only by the grace of God. Only by the grace of God. And now if you're struggling just like humans do with this reality, I'd offer you to pray with Ezekiel 36. The prophet Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 25 through 28. Where it's this prophecy that God is giving through the prophet Ezekiel, telling his people, I will take from you your stony heart. I will take from you your stony heart, and I will give you natural hearts. I will write my law upon your heart. I will give you my spirit and the grace to live by my statutes so that you will be my people and I will be your God. Now, when Jesus comes and he preaches these things that are difficult, seemingly raising the bar, that he's saying, I'm going to take your heart, like give me. That's, and that's what happens in baptism. That's what happens in the confessional. That's what happens at the Eucharist is this exchange of hearts. If we come, Lord, take my stony heart, Lord, and give me your sacred heart, pierced and wounded and full of mercy, that I can love with the same merciful love, Lord, that you have. I want to, I want to close with a real-life example Maybe many of you have heard of uh, a Dutch woman called Corrie ten Boom. She lived, she grew up in the Netherlands before World War II in a very devoted family. Um, and her family began to hide Jews from the Nazis as they were uh, in the midst of the war, right? And they were hiding and then eventually the Germans had found out that they were housing these Jews and hiding them to protect them. So they took Corey and her sister and her father and her family, and they took them and put them in the concentration camps. And Corey was put into Ravensbrück, which was a camp primarily for women, and her and her sister are in there. And her sister dies, her father dies. And by some clerical error, literally, that's what they said afterwards, like by a clerical error, Corey is released from the concentration camp and then the next week, only to have every woman in her age group go to the gas chamber. So by a week, from some clerical error, she is freed and is able to get out. And through her deep faith and deep conviction in the power of Christ, 
she then begins the rest of her life to preach forgiveness. Just speaking about forgiveness of enemies. And she would say this, she had this line, she liked to say that when we confess our sins to the Lord, it's like God throws him into the deepest ocean and then he puts a sign out saying no fishing allowed. Right? Like that was her little way of saying, throws him into the deepest ocean and nobody can go back in there and go get him. They're gone. And so she's, she's saying this and she's giving this talk at a, a certain country in Europe and actually in Germany. And so at this time, at the end of the talk, she recognizes someone who's walking up from the crowd to come speak to her. It was one of the guards at Ravensbrook when her and her sister were there. She recognized him because he was one of the meanest guards at the camp. And he walks up to her and he says to her, he's just like filled um, with this excitement and this wonder. And she feels in her heart like this hatred and anger return. And the guy's like, isn't it so wonderful? It's exactly true what you're saying. I have experienced the mercy of Christ in my own life. Like, I'm a believer now. And it's really true. Like, the Lord, he forgives our sins. It's like he throws them in the ocean, in the deepest ocean, and he puts a sign, no fishing. It's amazing. I've, I've experienced the forgiveness of Christ. He says, and so now, like, I would, I would desire to be forgiven by, like, someone who was in the camp. And so... Will you forgive me? And in Corey's heart, she's just like, anger. You know, here she is for years preaching forgiveness and mercy, and it all returns to her. This man is like right here in front of her, and she's like, like I'm not going to forgive you. My father is dead. My sister is dead. So many of our people are dead. I'm not going to forgive you. And so she just begins in that moment she begins to pray like, come, Lord Jesus. She remembered those words, unless you forgive, you will not be forgiven, Christ. She's just praying, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come. And, she, and in, that, in that moment, she says she literally felt the grace as she reached out her hand. It was like a warmth that passed down her arm. And she, she grabbed the man's hand and said, yes, I forgive you. Unimaginable grace, miraculous grace. This is possible for all of us. Whoever in our life has hurt us once every day of our life, whatever it is, in recognizing what forgiveness is and what it is not, but God can give us the grace to do this by the power of the Holy Spirit, just as He gave it to Corey. So today in this Mass, particularly as we come to receive the Eucharist, let us pray for that exchange of hearts. Lord, take my stony heart. Lord, take my stony heart and, and give me your very heart. And let us pray and make an act of the will no matter where our emotions are. Lord, with you, I forgive those who hurt me. At least let us pray for the grace to desire it, right? If we're not ready to go there yet, Lord, please let me at least desire to move in this direction. And I cannot do it on my own, but only with God's mercy. So let us pray. Come, Lord Jesus. We give you, Lord, our stony hearts. We pray that your promise may be fulfilled, that you would exchange it with your very heart. 
that we can love as you love us, that we can forgive as you forgive us. Jesus, we trust in you. Amen.